Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I'm your host, Trisha Carr. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you are having a beautiful time wherever you are on this planet. And I'm actually quoting my guest when I say that. That's how she ends her podcast. Her name is Crystal Ann Compton. She is the founder of the Lightworkers Lab, which is an online spiritual community, amazing source for all of your spiritual seeking needs, guidance, fellowship. I cannot speak enough about it. I am a guide and a teacher in it. She is an intuitive channel and a spiritual teacher. And let's say hello to her again. Hi, Crystal. Hello, Lightworkers Lab. Hi, Lab. How are you? We do broadcast directly into the Lightworkers Lab. So if you're looking for a, a community, a place to grow, to seek, to fellowship, to occasionally, uh, you know, just express yourself in all of the weird and wonky ways that you do as spiritual people and to see other people doing it, do go to Facebook and in the groups kind of area, you know, search for the Lightworkers Lab. It's going to come up as a group is what I'm trying to say. So do find us and join us. Yes, please. We need more members. We're looking for more members. We're looking to build our Lightworker community. So if you are on a spiritual journey, if you are looking for spiritual resources, and really if you're just looking for a community of people who have that same vision or that same goal, then the Lightworkers Lab is the place for you. It's a really wonderful space and it's growing. It's growing quickly, but there's room for more. That's right. And also, Crystal is an amazing spiritual teacher. She has, I don't know, how many 500 videos on YouTube? That, that's such an incredible yeah, resource. Something like 500. I actually thought it was 500. Um, and I went and I looked and it's more like 350, but I have 150 that aren't listed. So I got to I gotta go and start making some of those more public. But yeah, I've got a lot of metaphysical videos for sure. Absolutely. And people come to the lab and come to this teaching and up-level their lives in ways that are just unforeseen, untold. And like I said, Crystal does have a podcast of her own as well, The Lightworkers Lab. And also, are you doing Crystal Clear as well? You're adding to that stream? Look, (laughs) (laughs) I... um... (laughs) One of my uh, things that I really need to work on in my life is organization and just trying to do all the things that I need to do. And so the Lightworkers Lab podcast, they do have many, many episodes, but I think the last one was probably from November and I haven't put up a new episode. I want to, and I believe I'm going to, but right now it's one of those things that's a little bit on the back burner, but I should because I know people like it and I have a lot of fun doing it. Well, I'm just mentioning them because they are incredible and perhaps people haven't heard about them yet and are looking for some other really um, just intense information, you know, and just so much love that pours out of you every way that (laughs) you're dripping it. So I want folks to be able to find you. Thank you. I wish... Yeah, my husband's in the other room, and he keeps bugging me. He's like, this this many people downloaded your podcast. They're looking for another one. I'm like, oh, so much to do. I just have to organize it all. But I, I, I really want to. So maybe goals for 2018. Let's look at it that way. Well, that's the thing about folks who are – 
light workers. And what we mean by light workers are people who come here with the intention, with the blueprint to uplift and to make this world a better place by just their vibration, by shining their light, by shining the light of positivity and believing that we are here to uh, connect, to live a joyful life, to live a blissful life, that that is the underlying and overall soul intention. That's what we mean by light workers. Those who are working in the light, no matter what they're doing as a, a profession or, you know what I mean, if, if yeah. that's the case. And um, so just basically, I don't remember what I was gonna, where I was going to go with that. So I guess Archangel Samuel shut it off for me. He's like, don't, don't find it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because- so that's something I want to work on. Um, but you're absolutely right. Like I tend to, and I think a lot of us tend to think of the work part of light work a little bit more than we need to. It really is just about occupying that vibration and connecting in the ways that you can with source energy, which is love energy, and letting that energy fill you up and then exist in the world in that energy. That's what light work is. And really when you're doing it correctly, it's not work at all. It's just being happy, being in love, being blissed out, and letting that vibration emit and transmit and change the experience around you. Oh, I love that's that's basically yeah, that's the underlying point. I was just reminded what I was going to say by defining light workers is that light workers tend to be multi-potentialites, people who have a lot of things that they want to do that they can do because we're highly creative because source energy is creator energy and we're connected to that. But that's right, you know, all of those impulses that we have to actually do and create and make things in the physical plane, that's wonderful, but it's more the thing that actually activates the thing that is our true work is being <laughs> it's just vibrating. <laughs> so and that's why anybody can be a light worker. Sometimes people mistake a light worker for a practitioner of some sort, you know, maybe a Reiki master or a medium or an intuitive. No, light work just means get to the light, connect to the light, let that light awaken you, and then occupy the light. And everybody can do that no matter what. And no matter what occupation you happen to be in as well. And that is everyone's calling. That is the interest and the effort and that pull to find yourself and to fill the hole or any of that, you know, that we, that the secret of life is really inside you. And to that point, I would love to bring up our, uh, the program that Crystal and I are doing, the 2018 Intuitive Intensive, because this is for anyone who is any kind of light worker, which, well, I think we just defined as every person in the world. So every person in the world, come join our program. (laughs) Yes, please. It's going to be awesome, and um, we have, well, we just talked, we've been talking about it and developing this, and we had another uh, session last week. We're really developing, trying to put in as much of the transformative content that we think people really need to take their spirituality to the next level. This is going to be taking place in February of 2018. Trisha and myself will be teaching this 2018 Intuitive Intensive And we are going to be essentially getting people in contact with their intuitive and their psychic abilities and gifts. And we're going to be blasting them wide open. We're also going to be teaching people how to use those gifts in a practical way, how to Mm -hmm. use those abilities in their own lives, in their jobs, in their relationships, and truly um, to inform the understanding of who it is that they are in this world and how to live a better life using everything spirit has given you so this is going to be i think a groundbreaking and radical program and we already have a lot of people who have signed up but just as with the light workers lab we could always use more if you're 
interested in taking your spiritual journey to the next level, working with those psychic abilities, opening them up, even mediumship. And you're going to be talking about animal communication and empathy. Like if you're interested in doing these things and learning more and applying this knowledge, then this program is definitely for you. Yes, you can find it at thelightworkerslab.com slash intuitive, singular. So www.thelightworkerslab.com slash intuitive. And for the month of January, we do have an early bird special, early bird pricing going on. So if this yeah. is tickling your fancy, if you're feeling called, if your heartstrings are being pulled, do go check it out. Go it, Just go check it out, if nothing else. You know what I mean? We'd love, because even in that, even at that, you're going to be contributing your light and we appreciate it. So do check it out, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more at the end of the show. But to, we, our topic today is about spiritual awakening. And this is something that, I, I, as I was saying about light working, light working, this is something that every single human being experiences or not. But it is something for every single human being. And Crystal and I wanted to talk about this because I think that sometimes there is some mystery to it. Sometimes there are some... There's there's sort of some expectations placed upon it that it's supposed to look or smell or feel or act a certain way or that it has to be something like a, a you know overwhelming experience. And so to that end, Crystal, what what what, what is spiritual awakening? What is the benefit of it? What do you think we could tell folks who are just thinking about these words and wondering if they've even had one or wondering if they can have one? Well, let me start by saying I think that in life, when we are truly seeking, we have uh, many, many different types of awakening, mm. spiritual awakening. And an awakening is essentially waking up. And just as you wake up in the morning and you leave that dream state and you enter into a sense of clarity about your reality and the things that you, that, that you have in front of you, the things that you're going to be doing, your own potential, and so on and so forth. It's very similar with the spiritual awakening. It's waking up to the reality of who it is that you truly are. It moves beyond things like religions or religious systems, which are constructs that kind of tell you how to think and tell you what to do in order to achieve a level as if it was a video game of some sort. It moves beyond that. It awakens you into divine and infinite possibility. Again, you have a series of these types of awakenings as you live your life and if you're leaning into your own development and it it is mysterious you know I, I i do think some people think that oh that's for yogis or that's for people who meditate seven hours a day and um yeah i mean you will have many awakening experiences if you do those things maybe but it's it's for everybody it's really about discovering who it is that you are and if you want that if your intention is to have that, then you can have a spiritual awakening. Yes. It is sort of the placing that eternalness and the authority and the creator being all of that back inside yourself. So if you think about programming and the the kind of programming that we are obeying from the outside and having that authority and that reference in the outside, but waking up to that and recognizing that you are your own creator, that you are the, you are creating your reality and having that deep connection. And, and of course, falling in love with yourself because that essence is pure. Because that essence is eternal. That's all of those kinds of things, I think. I mean, sometimes it means something specific. For me, I had a catalyst about, you know, really felt like I woke up to something when I understood the function of being an empath. 
and just this function of th- that I actually do feel other people's emotions and thoughts as though they are my own. And I was doing it unconsciously. And it just made everything fall into to place. And it was like Neo waking up in, in the pod in the Matrix. And I was like, oh, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> you know, all of the times I was told I was too sensitive, all the times I was told that I was crazy because I knew something was going to happen. And then it happened. And people are like, you're just, you know, whatever. That Those are tiny little incidents. They don't even matter in the grand scheme of things. But many things just fell into place and many illusions fell away. And that was my experience. That's one of my awakening experiences. But yeah, I can think of countless. I can really think of many of these experiences happening. Absolutely. And, and the interesting thing about awakening into this reality is that part of that is awakening into the reality that this reality is not reality. Mm-hmm. Our 3D incarnation, this 3D life, um, and all of the conditions and the experiences that come with it are kind of an illusion. And there's a reality that goes beyond this. And you can liken this to the matrix. Like we are in this matrix of understanding and and we conduct ourselves according to the matrix. But the awakening takes you outside of that system, outside of those constructs, and it is limitless. It's a different reality. And that's the reality. Yes. And and when we come full circle, you come above it and you are now you you re- recognize that you supersede it. But then to fall in love with the matrix again and know because you take your genuine divine nature and recognize that that's how you can create the matrix or create the game. It's basically a game. We keep saying the word matrix that sometimes has pejorative um, implications, but really it's a game. And that was that's the whole that's part of who you are as well is the intention to come and play this game. In in uh, and be awake inside the game. That's kind of really the whole. And sometimes, oh, yeah, and right. Change the game. Change the game because of what you bring to the game. And yes. it's about vibration. It's about being in your divine nature and interacting in the game in that energy. It changes it not just for you, but it changes it for everyone else as well. The more we awaken to this reality as a collective, the more we change the matrix or we change the construct itself of this 3D reality. Because this is a sea of energy. So we change our own vibration. We change our own frequency. And just like a pebble being dropped into a still pond, everything must respond to it. There's no option. That's that's what a sea of energy is. There's no separation. And so that is, again, back to what lightworking actually is. If you're raising your frequency, which means orienting more to love and your divine essence and self-empowerment and self-love and connection to unity to the all then you are doing your light work by just identifying ever more with love crystal what now a lot of people liken especially when they get into the spiritual seeking kind of communities the different arenas of media that are offering education and thought about metaphysics and spirituality in general and we talk people talk about kundalini and kundalini awakening And we get that question sometimes in the lab from time to time, people saying, I'm having a kundalini awakening and it's unpleasant and it's painful. (laughs) What is your understanding of this? And of course, is it necessary? Is it a true awakening if you don't have a kundalini experience? Yes, you can have various awakenings that are not necessarily tied to kundalini activation. And kundalini is essentially when the divine energy travels up through the energy centers that we have within us, we call these the chakras, but they're, they're energy centers. Mm-hmm. And as this, ener- this divine energy, which is the divine nature of who it is, is the 
are travels through these centers. It, it lights them up. It activates them. And so now they're functioning. They're open. They're bright. And it goes all the way to the top. It, it activates all the way through the crown. It's almost as if it blows up through the body and out of the crown. And you are suddenly connected to all that is. It is enlightenment. And I think avatar enlightenment comes part and parcel with a kundalini awakening. Absolutely. But what we're seeing when we have people saying that this is uncomfortable or I don't want this, this is painful, is an awakening that's taking place uh, out of order. It's not the divine nature being worked with or even coaxed up through the, the, the chakras. Rather, it's taking an energy and lighting up this chakra and lighting up this one and then this one closes, that one opens. And so it's happening in a chaotic way. It's happening in a sporadic way that is causing things to happen in the life because when your third eye opens whether you want it to or not you are going to have different kinds of experiences you're going to maybe suddenly see dead people or all of a sudden you're going to be taking in clairvoyant images and so on and so forth and if you're not prepared for this you're going to struggle with this there's an excellent book that i would recommend to everybody it's, it's a classic it's called kundalini and it was written by a gentleman by the name of gopi krishna and and he was somebody who wasn't really religious, but he liked to meditate. He got hooked on meditation. And so he would spend hours just blissed out, even though he was secular, really, but blissed out with meditation. And he had a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. And this book describes it. And, and he says it almost killed him because mm. he didn't, he wasn't doing it thoughtfully. He didn't really know what was happening. And so when he became a medium, when he started having all these evidences and pains in the body as well, he didn't know what to do with it. So it's a really wonderful biography, but also an instructive book about how to work with women. It's basically, like you said, it is out of the natural order. It is, it is akin to, it's really not sustainable, is the, is the way I think about it, to have that kind. Now, we do have deluge of things, of, of emotion and changes and events and, you know, epiphanies and all of that kind of stuff. Events in our life, like having a child or getting married, these are deluge of joy and bliss and change. Now, if you had a, that's wonderful, right? But if you had a child every day, you can't. You can't tolerate that kind of emotional deluge every day, however wonderful that it is. So this is basically everything in nature, by the way, has that kind of energetic body, that chakra system. So if if an any element of the natural world were to shoot up in a development that was exponentially um, sped up than what would be natural, than what would be normal or typical, then it's basically, it's a bit painful. It's almost, or another thing I'm thinking of is when young men, they have their growth spurts and it's almost like they, they grow three inches overnight and then they're hitting their head on everything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it kind of, if that happened to them all the time, that would be really annoying and they'd have, they'd probably get brain damage. <laughs> you know, one thing we have to think about is that this is happening. Uh, these types of activations are happening to people who aren't spiritual, just mm -hmm. like with Gopi Krishna. And, it's, and this is happening because of the shift, if you will. It's yes. because of our shifting vibration. And as new energy and new vibration comes into this earth plane, into the galaxy, we could go on and on and talk about that. And as we also adjust and accommodate that higher energy, we're going to have these random firings of activations, energies, and these chakras. So people don't even need to be pursuing anything spiritual. All they need to be doing is being on the earth mm -hmm. and being in nature. And they may experience these random firings. And 
And again, it could be uncomfortable. So we're seeing actually a lot of this. Uh, people would call these energetic illnesses. They would call these mental imbalances. But really what we're doing is trying the body is trying to adjust and acclimate to the higher vibration that's entering into this reality at the time. Right. And when Crystal says, you know, that they're not spiritual, I mean, like in the way that she, Crystal and I or everyone pretty much who's listening, you're pursuing spirituality in a specific way that a lot of other people are identifying as spiritual. But if you are attuned to nature and attuned to love and you aren't even like in metaphysical thought or whatever, you are that is that is spirituality. I mean, it's just basically being tuned to your natural vibration and your home frequency. And that is a different kind. But you may not be you you may not have the education of a person that is like, you know, like we're talking to you about the chakras and what's actually happening. You it just happens. It's happening spontaneously because of the global and the galactic kind of ascension that's happening. The the earth herself, her vibration is raising and all of her inhabitants as well. And so, we, again, we're all responding to that. We must. And there is actually there is a just in case something like Kundalini, Kundalini happens to someone. Kundalini syndrome, it's also called because, like Chris was saying, it can be painful physically and mentally and emotionally. There is a website called Spiritual Emergence Network, and they actually have a hotline. I don't know if it's 24 hours or not, but in case something like this happens to you or anyone else that you know, Spiritual Emergence what, uh, Network, and uh, just tuck that in your pocket in case it's, it's helpful at some point. And, and, you know, there's also, in all of this, we're also t- t- dancing around the idea of awakening symptoms and awakening illnesses, um, or that's, that's what people are calling it, right? Yeah, that, or ascension symptoms. That's what they, that's typ- typically called. Ascension yeah. symptoms. And, th- and just know that, we don't have to go much too further into this, I don't think, but know that the spiritual or the ascension symptoms that folks talk about, that isn't a requisite of ascending or of awakening. It isn't necessary. It happens. So also, there's no need to judge yourself, just like you get sore when you start a new workout regimen. You know what I mean? Of course, that's going to happen. But it isn't It isn't a burden that one must carry. So if you're experiencing ascension symptoms and you think, well, maybe I should dial back and I should stop being a spiritual person and get back into the matrix as if you could, <laughs> know that that's not a puzzle you have to sort out. <laughs> it's not a burden you have to carry. No, it's not. And not everything is an ascension symptom, which right. also know, you know, a lot of people in the lab, for example, will say, hey, I'm experiencing this or I'm experiencing that. Is this an ascension symptom? And my first comment is usually, hey, go to the doctor, you know, check yeah. it out first and, and rule out um, anything that would be natural, normal, medical before assuming that this is something that's a result of you ascending or opening up spirituality. It's true. But it has happened to me before where I went to, I had like a... Uh, just a rash, kind of a dermatitis over my arms and legs. And I was actually in an energy um, coaching. And we were at like the crown, which is the, you know, kind of the, the, the top one in your body. And then your the skin is the largest organ in the body. And so it made sense to me. But I went because I was trying to treat it just with essential oils and everything. And I went to the dermatologist and he's talking to me. He's like, well, have you done this? Is it this? Well, it's certainly not that. And it's not an allergy. And he's like, well, I'm stumped. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, it's an ascension symptom. And it gave me a little steroid cream, which I did for like two days, and it was fine, you know. <laughs> it just happens. It, kind of sometimes you don't have to totally answer the question as long as you keep going within at, for anything that you're doing. 
And actually, if I could take a moment, I would love to talk about uh, the sponsor for this episode of Charmed Life. And you know that as you listen to the intro of Charmed Life, that this program is about unconditional love. Well, so is my sponsor, Zola Registry. Zola is a wedding registry company, and it they will do anything for love. And it's so much more than just a wedding registry, actually. It's really, really cool. It has tons of fun and easy features. But amazingly, just like the Lightworkers Lab, it's totally free. <laughs> it is a completely free registry, free website and service. Zola Registry has all of anyone's favorite department stores, plus all kinds of other things like honeymoon funds, fitness classes, wine subscriptions, and just so many more cool things. Their friendly, very friendly and helpful customer service team will go above and beyond seriously to help you pick out, to just like walk with you in the virtual stores to help you pick out that perfect blender or, uh, you know, Nutribullet or whatever it is. And they'll even do things like they will help a grandma to go into the couple's registry and actually pick things out and figure out how to work it out. Because grandmas, we don't always know. I'm not a grandma yet. I could be, though, (laughs) age-wise. And you can personalize that registry with your photos and notes about what you're really craving, what the kinds of gifts that you're coveting. And then there's also this feature of group gifting. And what I love about that is that it allows people to go in on certain items that are really pricey. And so as the couple who's preparing the registry, you don't have to feel so guilty about putting those up on the registry because I remember <laughs> being shy about that for my wedding. So Zola, Z-O-L-A, has a free suite of wedding planning tools like wedding websites. Again, totally free. Or you could integrate your registry that you create into the website that you have independent of Zola. So to sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit toward your registry, go to Zola.com slash charmed. That's Z-O-L-A dot com slash charmed, like my website. Again, a $50 credit toward your registry. Go to Zola.com slash charmed. All right, back to our topic. So we talked about ascension symptoms, and now... What, Crystal, how can, what are some practical ways that people can actually pursue a spiritual awakening? Because this happens spontaneously, but I believe you and I both believe you can actually pursue it and you can, um, you can consciously create a spiritual awakening. What do you think? Oh, she's muted. Hold on one sec. There you are. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of different things that we can do. And, and we, we talk about this all the time. Of course, meditation is so important. Um, but specifically, if you want to have a spiritual awakening, or if you just want to deepen your connection, the number one thing you want to do is work with your vibration and intentionally put yourself into high vibration situations. Mm-hmm. Now, high vibration situations, that's going to change from person to person. What I consider super joyful and blissful might not be what Trisha considers super joyful and blissful. But uh, one thing that I would suggest that always works for me to really open me up and connect me to the all that is, is getting out into nature, Mm. getting out into sunshine, walking through trees, spending time, even with just any animals, your domestic animals, putting yourself in proximity to Zaya energy or earth energy is one of the most effective ways to shift your mindset, shift your inner narrative, and really to shift your consciousness. And if you do this kind of like, a discipline to get out into nature and really be with nature, allow nature to wash over you. The vibration of nature, which again is so ascended, in fact, it's archangelic, 
that's a whole nother Oprah, but it's really, really high. And so the more we are basking in the vibration of nature, the more we are opening up these various energetic centers and we are opening up our consciousness. That's just one of the ways that we can modify our vibration very quickly. And we'll see that as soon as we raise that vibration, the universe is going to respond accordingly and begin to provide to us the resources, additional vibration that we need in order to go even higher from there. It's a very collaborative process that happens. But if we're feeling depressed, if we're feeling locked in to our lives for whatever reason, just getting outside can do so much good for our vibration. I have to share with you, this is pretty cool. My, my meditation this morning, I pulled a card afterward, a, a, an oracle card from one of my favorite decks. And when I am going into meditation, before I go into meditation, I'll say, oh, which deck might I pull from? I'll bring it into my space where I'm going to meditate. And so I did. But also, I don't usually bring cards onto the show, but I did today. I brought that deck with me, the deck I used this morning, and I put it on my little table next to me. And it's Diana Cooper's Dragon Deck. And I left turned up side up right on the top of the deck the card that I pulled for myself today and it is this one and it is green dragon helps you to tune to the secrets of nature receive answers and guidance from nature align with your divine essence so apparently that was not just for me it was for all of us us. it's just one of those things that we all have access to I think somewhere in scripture I think it was Paul said that creation bears witness to the creator. It's the proof that there is a creator. And when we put ourselves into what creator has created, we give us ourselves this opportunity to truly have this awakening that everybody wants. Yes. And, you know, Jesus, he didn't teach in lofty, complex kinds of mannerisms. He taught in the with nature. He pointed us to nature in so many ways. And that's actually the way I like to teach as well. My, I've, when I consult with my guides or my guidance, and if there's some concept that I'm feeling and wanting to communicate, I know that it can be communicated and it is shown to us in the natural world and or in behavior. You know, sometimes I'll talk about sex to describe how we should feel confident as well as curious, you know, and or just in in a plant. And, you know, I'm always talking about the seed information being akin to faith or the desire within a person's heart that it is. We are not just and this is something that Daralanka, who channels Bashar, he always says, we are not just in nature. We are nature. And actually having a spiritual awakening means just returning to your natural essence. Pursuing spirituality isn't something, in my opinion, that is all woo-woo and weird and you're going to be different than the rest of the world. Well, if you are, you're going to just be more naturally yourself as compared to other people. That's my appearance. That's my opinion. So I wanted to say that to empower you to pursue your spiritual awakening or whatever your spiritual interests are uh, with the fullness of your heart and without shame or fear. That's... I think that's important. You kind of just blew my mind. You know, I love me some Jesus. And um, <laughs> think about the references that he made to nature. I mean, they are so abundant. Fishermen, the sea, the mountain, and to the sea, the sea, the soil. There's so many interesting, instructive examples that we can pull from. And so I had never put two and two together that this avatar is probably directing us to this archangelic hugely ascended energy to demonstrate how we too can achieve these 
different levels of connection and understanding. That's really cool. I never, never thought about that. Oh. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And you know what? That's that's a very good point. You just think about it. Like people go, oh, which ar- which archangel should I connect with? And Jesus said, Earth, <laughs> that archangel, Gaia herself, she is the one that is that everyone, she is the master archangel or master guide to absolutely every single one of us who are expressed here. We are her. One time I was channeling Gaia energy, you know, Gaia consciousness to a client, and she ended the, the transmission by saying, you are my abundance. You are my beauty. And oh, it still brings me to tears. It's so... Yeah. No, I've, got, I've got goosebumps. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, you know, that tickles me anytime we're talking about Gaia energy and animals and nature. I mean, that's just about it. That's, I don't know what else there is about spiritual awakening. But do, do you have another? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry, what? Go ahead. Yeah. You're saying it's not that hard. And, and, yeah. and um, if we can just put ourselves in it and get out of our own way and, and, get out of our own mind with the narratives and just like sit on a bench in a beautiful park or jump into the ocean and just swim or go into the mountains and be with the trees. If we can just do that in a regular, on a regular basis, we can shift ourselves so many profound ways. That's how powerful it is. We don't have to be intentionally doing some kind of a discipline or a practice or going to a monastery or doing seven hours of yoga. Just go outside there's some cardinals out there and a squirrel and it's really cute and it feels really, really good. But we are so entrenched, aren't we, in our lives and in our work and in our families and in our routines that we don't make the time to just access this beautiful resource that we've been given. Yes. And to that point, actually, I would, you know, sometimes we have, I just would like to point out that in pursuing a spiritual awakening. The word pursue is probably a little heavy-handed, that it is more about relaxing into the nature of your true divine essence, just like relaxing into actual nature. That It is wonderful to go and live in a monastery if that's what you're called to do. And it's wonderful to, you know, take a program or, but at the, at the, the base of it, the fundamental is you connecting with yourself. And all of those things outside of you are just tools. So I want to assure anyone who is you know, if you're feeling pulled to do something like Mind and Crystals program or go and live in a monastery, know that the work isn't outside of you. The work is always within you and that those are tools that we get to use, we get to play with, we get to dance with, and we get to help help set the setting. We allow them to partner with us to set the setting for us to remember who we really are, to recall what we already know. A teacher doesn't actually teach you anything. A teacher holds space with you for you to recall what you already know, to access it yourself. So um, if some Something hasn't worked for you. Don't don't stop. Don't stop allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to connect in that way, because it's really about the journey that you're taking. And even there are times when someone is, let's say, there is a system or there is a teacher of some kind, and it works for you for a while, and then there are some things that give you that that stop working for you. You see that there's dogma. Perhaps you're following someone who is a teacher, and then you find out that they they have an, some a lot of unethical or just misaligned things happening in their life. That doesn't mean all of what you had, all of the growth that you had before is false. Just so you know that. That just means it's time to move on and there's no reason to judge the system or the person. It just means you've outgrown it in one manner or another. And it's time for you to continue on your path on your own, but, or maybe with some other tools. Tools are wonderful. And when I say tools, again, I mean a teacher or a system or whatever it is, whatever works for you. Agreed. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I kind of, well, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say, you know. It's okay. I think I know who you're going to talk about. <laughs> I was going to say that, um, you know, I'm not going to say. I was going to talk about my marriage. Biz. Okay. Hi, husband. I'm just saying, like, when I knew that I had kind of reached the limit in certain relationships, let's say, it, it takes bravery to say, uh, I need to find something else. I need to find a new path. But do I look back at those marriages and say, well, those are all worthless. There were no good times or those friendships that I've left for time. Did I learn nothing? Well, of course not. That was perfect for me at that time. But you have to kind of be connected to when it's time to move beyond the tool or move beyond the system. And really, it's a solitary pursuit. Your spiritual awakening is about you and source energy. Heads up, kind of the same thing. We're part of source energy. It's about yes. discovering what that means for you and being courageous enough to move on when it's time. Yes. It's interesting that you bring that up about um, relationships or marriages that have expired. <laughs> Let's call it that. Because just the last couple of days, it, I've been thinking about this pivotal moment in my life. I was in still in evangelical Christianity, and I was actually going to a charismatic church. I was 20 years old. And, you know, so, and you love you some charismatic Christianity, too. <laughs> because, because it was the spiritual gifts, and that's what we have, you know, come back into as intuitives who are practicing these different specific, you know, expressions and modalities or whatever you want to call them the spiritual arts and the spiritual gifts. So I was in a charismatic Christian church and I was at an altar call, just connecting. That's what they're called where you go up and you have something to leave or receive or whatever. So I was at an altar call and I was sitting there and I had this now very clear. I understand it. You know, I I just put everything. I had all this mediumistic stuff that happened when I was in Christianity, but I just called it Jesus because that was the only thing that was offered me. That was the only paradigm that I found acceptable. And, but I had an intuitive um, a message come through, something very from a guide or something. And the message was, "There's a man entering your life, and it is going to change your life." And I was like, "Oh boy, a boyfriend! Yay, <laughs> a boyfriend to save me!" <laughs> and it did happen. But the thing is, because of the dogma that I had surrounded messaging like that and other kinds of expectations, it did change my life. And it changed it. And there was there was a it probably should have happened for the relationship should probably have been six months and then I should have moved on. But it ended up being seven years. <laughs> it was I mean, it was it was weird. It's a weird situation. It was actually functionally platonic because we we weren't attracted to each other and it was he was an it was a narcissistic and and um you know codependent situation i don't want to blame him I, because i was the codependent who was agreeing to it and it was but i did also inside of that even though i i submitted to that for 7 years inside of it i also did things like i started to search my own spirituality i started to manage my um, triggers. I was an avid runner, which was basically my meditation practice. So I actually did a lot of house cleaning while I was sort of hiding in a way from the world. But And I also learned how to be a professional and how to be skilled in a lot of things. So some interesting things happened. But the, at, at the end of it, when it was like, there was no way, it was like, I'm going to die. One of us is going to die. And I don't care which one of us it is. And I'm not saying I'm going to kill any of us. <laughs> I just know that if it continues, one of us will die. <laughs> that's where it got to. And then that's when I finally left. <laughs> it's, 
I can't even because we are so alike and just like the formative <laughs> years and the, the teens and then the twenties, like my first marriage and God bless him. He's in the light workers lab. Like we have a great relationship, but that was a relationship that should have maybe lasted about a year, but mm-hmm. we stretched that bugger out to about eight years. Yeah. But I learned so much and he's still in my life to this day. And, um, absolutely was a catalyzing relationship. So was my second marriage was also a catalyzing relationship taught me so very much. But when it was time to shift, time to move, that's what it is that I did. Um, But I value each of those relationships incredibly. Yeah. And for me, see, I didn't actually marry that person, just I didn't technically do that. (laughs) But it was still because I had this dogma surrounding, you know, the fact that I had gotten into it. It was almost like... I was afraid to leave because it had been commanded by God, you know, <laughs> which is not true at all. That was a big part of it, too. But it was that outside referencing and that dogmatic kind of thing that was keeping me from moving on. Besides the fact that there was this, you know, weird control situation. Crystal, now we are going to be working on, again, we would like to open that door to the 2018 Intuitive Intensive because if you are a, all, any level of spiritual development, whether you are a practitioner of uh, dozens of years and you are ready to up-level and have a new kind of spiritual awakening or if you're someone who has just shown up to this program today and you're like, I like the way this is feeling and maybe I want me some of that as spiritual awakening stuff. <laughs> it's really for all levels. Would you agree, Crystal? <laughs> Absolutely. And we're going to go kind of sequentially in order. We're going to start with the foundational things that people really need to understand about who it is that they are and what it is that they're connected to at all times and how powerful that is and how magical that is. So we're going to break it down so everybody has that understanding because you need that foundation before you start layering on things like your third eye and your chakras and your psychic abilities and what this all means but really I'm just I'm so stoked about this program because it's safe it is supportive you know I don't know if you've been part of programs or teachings that didn't necessarily feel super protected you didn't necessarily feel super included or considered but you and I have talked at length about just wanting to love these people who so deeply want to connect on that higher level and taking them through the entire process being with them witnessing it with them and helping them and coaching them. In fact, the last four weeks of the program, we should make sure to mention, is just about coaching. It's about allowing the students themselves to tap into their abilities, give readings, make connections, do mediumship, do divination and channeling and all of that good stuff, but in a really safe space with a couple of teachers who truly do not just love what they're doing and what they're teaching, but we love these students. So it's protected, it's sacred, and it's going to be wonderful. I think we have about almost 50 students right now that are registered. And we've made some accommodations so that we can have a bigger class. We can have more students. We're going to have mods from the Lightworkers Lab. We're going to be helping with um, some of the stuff so that everybody is going to receive in very large measure that which they truly need. And I think you'll know. If you're supposed to be in the program, I think you'll be intuitively drawn to it. And if you're ready, we are definitely ready to have you. 
definitely is about commitment. You know, if you feel drawn to it, as Crystal is saying, really all it is is setting the intention. And actually, that is something that Spirit has been, I've been talking about a lot lately, is what is setting intention. And so to the point of also spiritual awakening, how do I start that? Well, setting the intention. And that's sort of language that we use in our spiritual media and community, you know, educational community. And what does that mean? Well, that is actually identifying that joy and that bliss and that potential excitement inside your own being, which is actually the measure of your divine essence, and to tap into it. And if it if it bubbles up into something specific like having a spiritual awakening or connecting with a higher purpose in a career, something along those lines, setting that means to identify it. And it isn't a one-time kind of event, much like spiritual awakening, is not necessarily a one-time event. It is a journey. Now, we have these sort of signposts that show up, like for me, discovering that I'm an empath and, you know, discovering a Cartoli's work, these different kinds of signposts that sort of are bigger moments or maybe having a child or something. (laughs) But setting an intention means identifying it. And then it's very much like steering a car. It isn't that you just set it and then you go on your way and then you get fearful and then you're like, well, I guess intuition doesn't work. It's about putting stillness around that intention, that beautiful joy, the the calling that you have, and then just hanging onto the wheel and letting it. And you don't have to be perfect. If a fearful thought comes up, you know, you don't have to be perfect about how you're pursuing your purpose or your intention. You don't have to have perfect thoughts and perfect, perfectly aligned emotions in every single moment. It's more about the base intention and continuing to identify to it. And you know what? It is an ecosystem. There are cooperative components so far as humans, animals, breeze, all of the elements, as well as angels and spirit guides who are rushing to support you and to help you in this. So if you have a call, if, you, if you're tickled in that heart center about participating in this program, just set the intention and allow, you know, surround it with stillness, as they say, and then just just allow the, the you know, the universe to support you in it. And it really does unfold. It, it truly does. That's the weird thing. You could do that even if you kind of walk around and you still feel like you're a bit fearful in life. <laughs> That's how the little awakenings happening. They have for me, at least. Absolutely. And, and I often say that you want to partner with the process. It's one thing to be you know, curious or passively interested. But as soon as we make a decision about what it is that we want to do and what it is that we want to experience and we lean into it, then we start partnering, partnering with the process. And this accelerate the process so even if you don't know that you're psychic or if you don't know that you have any gifts or abilities but you set an intention and make a decision to make this discovery and to connect with those abilities whatever they are now you're accelerating this process now you are contributing your own energy and your own intention to the shift that is going to come into your life so that's why I love how you say like if it's tickling your fancy if you're curious about it like set that intention Make that decision, and then spirit rushes in right where you are and makes it happen mm. for you. That's how it works. And I just, I, I'm just being uh, reminded. You know, we talked about Kundalini and it being an accelerated kind of process that is unsustainable and it's so fast and exponentially sped up but we are actually doing this program 12 weeks which is a season just like nature we have a season of approximately three months you know one of the four seasons and that's that's very a very natural and supported process by Gaia herself and that's why we chose it (laughs) 
that's cool. That's mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's going to be. It's not just a one-off. This is like we're going to go deep into who it is that you are and let that emerge and let that begin to show itself in your talents and sparkle out of you and see what you're really working with and can use that in your life. It's going to be really exciting. I'm just, I can't wait to begin. I I think we have like a month before the classes actually begin and I'm just rearing to go. I'm so excited too. Well, now to the point of spiritual awakening, I think that we pretty much covered anything. Were any final words? Did you have a, a is there any particular pivotal moment of spiritual awakening that you, you, that you look upon, Crystal? Like, I'm sure there are many, but are there any that really stand out for you? There are a few. And what makes them interesting is that they happened in scenarios that would be considered shadow. They happened in the hardest moments my life. My awakenings happened when I felt the most broken, the most uncertain, when I called out and cried out really to understand why I was here or understand what was happening in my life. Like how can I make sense out of this when I was really deeply in shadow and, and sometimes in pain, that's when I had the greatest awakening. I could, I could I was open to it. I was so ready for it and I was asking for it. And then it came because if we ask, it will be mm. given. So a lot of people tend to consider spiritual awakening as really high vibration, wonderful sort of thing. No, not always. Sometimes it comes after a dark night of the soul or through that dark night of the soul. It comes out of pain. It comes out of shadow. And um, most of my awakenings that were super poignant that I could tell you about and remember it like it was yesterday, even though it was 20, 30 years ago, were super painful. But what came afterwards, like a watershed of understanding and up-leveling. Mm, that's amazing. I've had, you know, I've had a mix of them. They've sometimes, like that one I talked about with discovering that I was an empath, it actually wasn't a super painful dark night of the soul. It was, for me, in that particular one, which was cool because I've had those plenty of those. <laughs> Jarvis thinks that's funny. <laughs> Mine was like a medium night of the soul. What are you laughing at? I was laughing at his graphic. <laughs> yeah, he's laughing at it too. <laughs> you didn't see it. No, I didn't see it. What is it? <laughs> what does it say? I can't see it. What people think a spiritual awakening is like versus what it's actually like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> Y'all have to, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll have to go to the YouTube channel video and watch it, okay? By the way, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. Or you can find it on Crystal's channel, too. We'll be putting it up there. Uh, but mine, yeah, my that particular one was fine. Everything was pretty well, pretty, okay. <laughs> And I was just, see, I was reaching for more. It was like, there's got to be something more. <laughs> and that's when it was like, yeah, there is actually, you're right. It was almost like I had turned down the darkness a little bit enough so that I could hear that there was something more. Because before that, I was so overwhelmed, probably because of being an empath, so overwhelmed with all of the darkness that that's all I could hear and think and feel. So I had to little by little clear it up. But I've had the ones, and you know, when we talk about them coming out of in response to or after the dark night of the soul or some kind of rock bottom or, you know, tragic or, I don't know, traumatic incident. And it reminds me of something called the exhaustion principle, which is in relation to fasting, basically, having an extreme kind of diet or fasting, and then having some intense spiritual experiences. And the reason that that happens, it isn't because necessarily that the fasting 
causes that. Like it's not that that's a spiritual thing to do to deny yourself. It's because we are a mind, body, spirit complex. And if you deny the physical body, then the mind will eventually give away as well. And then the spirit will be able to <laughs> move in. But it's not, again, not sustainable. But it's it's this it's this fact that you surrender. And that happens sometimes in the, the, the heavier parts of life or the trauma or the pain and the dark night of the soul because you finally something gives way and you open that door wide you allow it you just give yourself permission because you're like well you know what i've exhausted all of the kicking of the pricks which is sorry that sounds dirty if you've never heard that bible verse (laughs) but sometimes you know outside of the bible verse paul's right sometimes you got to kick a prick (laughs) no (laughs) that's just a joke i should put that in context look it up kicking the pricks it's a (laughs) verse in the Bible where Paul is saying I that... I don't remember that one. You don't? What's a, what's a prick to Paul? <laughs> it's basically like an ox being in a pen. Pen? It's, oh my gosh. It's because we use it a lot in the South and then my Southern accent comes out when... <laughs> When something I'm hearkening, something that I don't use now. When an ox is in a pen and he's trying to get out, so he kicks the pricks, meaning the boards, and all he's doing is harming himself. It's counterproductive. Does that make sense now? Yeah. <laughs> or just kick some pricks. Go out into the world. If you learn nothing today. Oh, kick the pricks. Don't do that. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> no, pr- pricks that. are just trying to have their own spiritual awakening. The They're prick. doing it in their own way. Gotta <laughs> love it. No, well, you don't. But yeah, so you're going to find those people out there. I did want to say really fast that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I often talk about how the body processes energy and moves it around and expresses it. Two ways mainly that the body does this is through tears, mm-hmm. sobbing. Like when you're wrenching with sobs, your body is literally like trying to get these patterns and gunk and all this energy out of itself, or at least to adjust it. But the other way is through laughter and joy when you're guffawing and you're oh, your belly laughing. and You're just in that space of mirth and joy. And so I, I would say that a lot of times just being really, really joyful and really, really happy, feeling connected to the people in my life, feeling connected to the music and singing from the bottom of the belly and into and expressing that into the experience has also led to awakenings. Like I can liken that back to going to church. I was into praise and worship. I was singing for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Sold out radical, but I felt so connected when I was singing and expressing and in that joy. So that's that's a, those those are other awesome times where, where you're gonna feel so connected on a higher divine level. And it's because the body is actually propelling you forward in that way. Does that make sense? Oh, gosh, yes. And thank you for that reminder. Absolutely. Raising, sometimes people ask, like, how can I raise my vibration? I'm like, go get in the car and turn a song on that you can belt to. <laughs> sing it. Yeah, sing it as loud as you can. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that that's thank you for ending on that. That is a wonderful reminder. And sometimes you do have to just sob and let it out. And you know those really good cathartic cries, it just feels good crying the tears that you had resisted before. That needs to happen sometimes and it can be a really beautiful um, experience. I've I've had that happen before. Crying tears that are from an event that I just wanted to release that was in my shadow or laughing my ass off with Chris Lane Compton. <laughs> About kicking pricks, huh, Jarvis? <laughs> we are just about out of time. So, Crystal Doof, tell folks how they can find you, please. Um, you can find me on YouTube if you search Crystal Ann Compton. Don't forget the E in Ann. You can go to my website, which is 
crystalandcompton.com. You can go to thelightworkerslab.com, which is the website for the group that we talked about at the beginning of this program. You can find me most active and interactive right there in the Lightworkers Lab Facebook group. I often comment. I make posts. Um, I'm going to be teaching in the lab, I think, on Tuesday night. So I'm active there. And um, I'd give you an email, but I, I don't read them. So, yeah. yeah, that's how you can No, that's perfect. It actually, there was a, a few weeks ago in the lab, and someone had posted something, and people were commenting on it, and you commented, and the original poster was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> Yeah. She was like kind of starstruck. It was really sweet. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. No, she's, yeah, she's here. <laughs> oh, th- thank you so much for, and Crystal's going to be in Los Angeles. Jarvis, isn't that cool? She's going to be in Los Angeles next month. So we're going to see her in studio. And I'm we're so gonna, excited. That's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. So we're, we're going to be here together in the studio. And I don't know if that makes a difference to y'all, but it does to us. So. <laughs> Do I get to sit next to you, or right. do, I, do I have my own little screen? You, ha- like, it's right next to me. Your own little screen. Well, no, not like in my. Sim- you're not going to be and cheek to cheek. In back of you, and just peek around. Yeah, exactly, like that. Do, or we can sit on my lap. No, you're sitting oh. right next to me, but you do have your own little camera. Cool. <laughs> we'll work it out. We'll work it out. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here again, Crystal Ann Compton, spiritual teacher and intuitive channel and my bestie and my partner and the 2018 Intuitive Intensive. That's thelightworkerslab.com slash intuitive. I'm Trisha Carr. You can find me at trishacarcharm.com. I do one-on-one sessions and I have several classes up there on my website. I do sessions with animals, sessions with humans, and I hope to connect with you guys next week here on Charmed Life. You can find us on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or YouTube, youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.